Good morning. Glad you're at Catalyst Christian Community today. Um, we have a very, very special guest in the house with us today. Someone I, that I love dearly and um, Lord often miss him because he's from Mozambique. So it's Pastor Daniel Moyana from Mozambique, and he, I think I first met Daniel and his father about 10 years ago. I think it was around 2009. We had a team that went to Africa and visited different places, and we visited Mozambique. And we went there, and we met Pastor uh, Apostle Vasco, that's his father, and um, I call him Chief, um, and we met Pastor Daniel, and we just felt like, oh man, these, Pastor Vasco, Pastor Daniel have just a great vision. Um, they had planted many churches, men, godly men of integrity, and, um, and we just prayed, and we felt like the Lord wanted us to partner with them. So we've been partners with Pastor Daniel. We've taken several teams there, and he's been back, and his father was back, came and visited um, a while back, and then... Pastor Daniel actually was here in the States for a football or a soccer conference. And so he was in Ohio, and since he was in the U.S., he said, hey, why don't you come over to California, say hi, visit with us. So he's here, and he's going to just give us an update, share with us a little bit about what's been happening with him, his family, his church. And we've supported, uh, helped them build a farm Let's hear about that a little bit. And recently, um, many of the churches that they helped plant in northern Mozambique, um, they've suffered um, a horrific cyclone, tornado disasters, and many, many churches. And it, they're, they're very, uh, they're poor in that area, so many um, have suffered loss. So he's going to share a little bit about that, too. So let's give a warm, callous welcome to Pastor Daniel Moyana. Ah, oh, thank you, thank you. I think this is the place where I should stand. Yeah. I'm okay? Yeah, thank you. I'm not sure if I'm going to say hi, everybody, or I'm going to say good morning, or I'm going to say... Uh, bon dia in Portuguese to everyone. But I just want to thank God for this time uh, as I'm standing here. And I want to come here uh, very humble just to, uh, yeah, just to say thank you so much for having me in here and for welcoming me. I believe Pastor Barry has already introduced me and said so many words in very few minutes. I wish I could be able to speak as he did. He said a lot in a very few, in just two or three seconds, and he has, yeah, I think he has said a lot. So I wish I could be able to speak in just two minutes as he did, but uh, <laughs> I think um, I have a different gift. 
of doing the same thing in a very, very uh, long <laughs> way. So, Pastor Bear, thank you for introducing me and thank you for summarizing everything that I have to say in short time. So I'll just try to break everything now in a little pieces and maybe to make it more clear to everyone. So it has been a long, a long ago that we have met, Pastor Bert met us, met me, myself, and my father, and met the church. And during this time, it has been incredible the way God has bring us together in partnership together. And uh, it has been incredible to see uh, the reflection of your love in our life has, uh, has people that God has called them to the ministry and people who are investing their time uh, for the sake of the kingdom. So, and you coming alongside us, being a blessing to us, coming alongside to us, carrying us alongside us, and helping us to achieve what, he, what the Lord has called us to achieve. So we are so glad and we really appreciate for everything that you have been uh, doing uh, for us as a church and as a family back home in Mozambique. And the beautiful family of Mozambique have sent their best greetings to all of you and uh, their appreciation, everything to all of you. Thank you so much for this long way that we have been partnering together. So I'm going to try to be, to take two or three more seconds now. Uh, but I just want to share a little of myself, my father, and the ministry back home. I'm married with one wife, I repeat, one wife, and uh, we have one child. His name is Blessing, uh, it's Blessing Moyana. I think you may know the reason why we call him Blessing. We had a very hard time. My wife had several miscarriages, uh, but in the last time, when we decided to give up, uh, the Lord says, you are not the ones who have to say it's over. And a blessing came, and you were real ble a blessing to us, and uh, through prayers and all the supports, so he came. And he's growing, he's now seven years old. He's on his second year at school. What I like from blessing, he is very intelligent boy. And uh, yeah, he's really a blessing. I think the name blessing summarizes about blessing. He's a really a blessing. I won't talk, uh, I won't say more about him, but he has been a blessing in our life. As I'm out of home, I, I give him a responsibility to be in charge of his mother. So every time we get, uh, uh, we talk on the phone, he say, 
Dad, you can ask mom. I'm still doing a good job. I'm taking care of her. I saw, okay, that's good, my boy. Thank you. Continue doing that. And yeah, so we are so blessed. We are so blessed with the boy. So me and uh, my wife, we have been involved with, we, we are pastoring a church, um, which is about 100, 150 people that join the church. Uh, the church is in a new area that where we are living now. Uh, before that, we were living with our parents, and when we moved, we decided to start a church there, which we are leading up to now. But out of that, we have been involved in many church plantings, and uh, yeah, I think we have done a, 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 a big job on church planting. If that was enough, maybe the Lord has been had already called us, but we feel that we still have a lot to do. So out of the church planting that we have been doing, um, we also have been working a lot with young people, uh, inspiring young people and training young people, equipping them to, to, to live a life uh, of a meaning. You know, in Mozambique, we have a lot of kids and young people, and most of these kids and young people, uh, they, they, they are out of their father's control. They live a life in their own way, the way they want to take a life. That's how they do. So we come as leaders with uh, a, a leadership training and youth program training. So we embrace the young people. Our heart is uh, in a young people. We work with young people. We, 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 we help them. We counsel them. We teach them how they can live a life and how they can get better in life. And mostly we want them to know who we want them to know the Lord in their life. So we have seen God blessing us so much in doing that. Uh, a lot is happening. So my wife Sandra, she's also she also started with a a a a, a meeting with different pastors' wives around Maputo. So she gathered the pastor's wife. Actually, this is something that came up from, and she started this, and it's getting bigger. She's having now over fifth pastor's wife that they gather together every, once every month, they pray together, they go through, through uh, the, the, the Bible, the model of the wife, the pastor's wife that the Bible uh, gave. So this is what she is doing with the pastor's wife from different denominations, and God is blessing her on that. And uh, one last thing I will say about her is that she is a woman of prayer. She yeah, sometimes I miss her, and uh, I look on my side, she's in there, 
She's on the other room praying. So it's okay. So, so yeah. So this is what I can say about uh, my family. And uh, out of the church that we are running, we also run a sport ministry. This is why I came uh, to Ohio. I was there for a conference uh, which has, which was to impact us people in the sport ministry and equip them through more developed resources uh, on how to use new resources for outreaching or for evangelizing through football. We mean the most popular one, that is soccer. <laughs> so so we, 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 we run the soccer ministry, and we evangelize using soccer ministry. This is something very interesting and a powerful uh, tool that we can, we as a church, are using back in Mozambique. And uh, it's interesting to be, to be using this tool because when first I get involved with soccer, let me say that I didn't grow up playing soccer, but somebody told me about sport ministry and what soccer can do. I said, wow, I want to experience this. I was given four soccer balls, and uh, through the four so I took the four soccer balls. I went to the soccer field, and I had eight kids following me. But I'm not sure if they were following me or they were following the balls, because uh, I didn't understand nothing about the the, the 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 soccer. So I think they were following the balls. So when we had the the the, the field, I shared with them. Why am I carrying the balls? It's because the love of God. And I start to share the gospel with them. So we started uh, 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 practicing some football, and I started coaching them. Of course, i never been a coach. i never played foot soccer. But I started to coach them some soccer from that time. And they started calling me a coach, coach. Well, that was good for me. And uh, I keep going like that. But the good thing I want to bring out of this is that the, from the eight kids, like 10 to 12 years ago, six of them still in the church up to today. And they are part of different departments of the church. Three of them are part of our church, and the other three are in different chairs. So this is good. This is where I saw the potential of sport ministry. Perhaps every kid loves soccer in Mozambique. In the street, you find them, if they don't have a proper ball, they, have, they take their clothes and they, they wrap it and make a ball, they start kicking around. So here we are, we come, with just one soccer ball, we start playing with them. We share the love of God to them. 
and we get their life to Jesus. So this is a really powerful way of reaching out. And I'm glad, I'm happy finding myself in this. So out of the sport ministry that we're involved at, I think I'm having more two seconds. Out of the sport ministry that we, we are involved at, uh, we, I'm coming to talk now about my father. We are also, my father also, uh, as Pastor said, he's the founder of the, the church back home. And he's grown now. Years ago, he got sick. Two years ago, I mean. He got sick. And he really went through a critical situation of his health. And I remember we shared a lot, asking for your prayers. And we know you have been praying for our father and for family. And uh, the Lord has responded our prayers and your prayers. He is now much better. And yeah, sometimes I pass from home and say that. Let's go kick some soccer together because he's much better now and uh, he looks good. However, he still go uh, through some consultation in the hospital. In the hospital. And he has a surgery I had planned, which we don't have uh, the dates yet. Uh, because when they were to decide the dates... They find out that his heart is a little bit wider or large, I mean, don't know. So there is a need at this moment uh, to place a battery just to regulate the heart. And after that, he will go to the surgery. He has to do um, the name of the surgery. I've just... Yes, it, that's prostate. Yeah, he has to do uh, a surgery for prostate. I think that's how, yeah, for prostate. So, but if we look, you look at him now, you can even say no. We can even say no, we don't want him to go through a surgery because he's looking very nice, healthy, but he's still not total healed. So, this is my father. And, uh, yeah, he still be with the church in somehow. Every weekend, he's involved with the church. But out of the church, there is the farm that also it has been a blessing from the Catalyst Church. Uh, He's running a farm uh, somewhere in Maputo. And he has kind of like animals like uh, cows. That's uh, animals. Yes, yes, like cows. And uh, he has, he's planting a lot of pineapples. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Really a lot. Really a lot. If you, if you are standing here, and you look white. You just look 
but you don't see where it ends. If you look to the side also, you don't see where it ends, and it just reminds me the love of God is so wonderful. So he, he plants uh, the pineapples at the farm, and also he has some gods. Yes, the gods, gods, animal, animals. Yeah, so this is what is happening. And we are happy to see him going to the farm and getting disconnected with uh, the church and different things that he has been involved with because he has more time to relax. And we feel comfortable with that and blessed with that. So this is what I really wanted to share you to share with you and lastly uh, to say out of everything we want to appreciate for the blessing that has already has also come from you uh, me and my wife we started making cakes I wish if I could have a time I could make a cake for everyone of you and we are making cakes and very nice cakes. Very nice. I wish you could test it. Uh, we are making cakes. Um, we start this as a small business and uh, we would like to grow on this um, as we continue developing this. Um, lastly, for our church, we have started building the church, which is 25 meters per 17. That's the square. Um, we, yeah, we just trust God, and uh, we started building the church. And, uh, yeah, it's challenging. It's really challenging to, to, to do this job. The area we are, uh, our pastors and brothers that went for the second time, they visit the area. It's really a very poor area. People not working, but we trust the Lord and we feel we need to see the church in this area. Uh, two, three years ago, Mozambique was hit by a cyclone. In Beira, which is central of Mozambique, and north of Mozambique. So it was really critical what happened in Mozambique. Uh, I personally went there to see and visit some of our church brothers in that, uh, in that place. And it's really, it's really very, very sad what happened in that area. Most of them are out of their house. They have no roof today. They have no clothes. They have no food. So they, it's, really, it's really sad what happened in that area. Uh, actually, I had some pictures, but it didn't work. Um, uh, I was going to share the pictures with you of what happened in Mozambique. 
and for all that I've been sharing here with you. Uh, so this is what happened in Mozambique. And uh, people are still there. Kids are still there. Uh, yeah, just waiting God's grace and to see what is going to be for their life tomorrow in the future. But the situation is total critical. So lastly, I'd like to challenge you uh, to keep Mozambique in your heart and pray for Mozambique and uh, continue being supportive to us in all that you have been supporting. And we really thank you for everything. And may God bless you all in Jesus' name. Sorry for the white time. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pastor Daniel. Um, as he was sharing, I felt like uh, several things got highlighted as he was sharing. I first felt like when he's talking about the evangelism and the things going on with the kids, it just reminded me of today we're going to be commissioning the YWAM team. And uh, I know the focus of this year's YWAM is on evangelism, and so I felt like it's really appropriate what Pastor Daniel was sharing. Um, I think the second thing that really struck me, too, is when he was talking about uh, just all the things that are going on in Mozambique and then the natural disasters that happened. I think he, you said two or three years ago, but it was just, it was this year, right? Two or three months ago, the cyclones had come through, not two or three years ago, but he was showing us some of the pictures and some of the devastation that was happening in those regions, and it was really, it was really heartbreaking to see uh, the regions that are already so poor as it is, and then to see the cyclones come and to do all that damage to the existing things that they had. And so, um, one of the things that we felt led to do as a church, we wanted to try to support them too. So I think we're going to be taking an uh, offering for the next several weeks. Uh, we're going to give you opportunity if you wanted to give towards that cause. Uh, the church had sent some money, but we wanted to give opportunity for you guys, too, if you felt led to do that, to, to give uh, to those churches that are have been hit by the cyclones. So we wanted to give that an opportunity, too. And I felt like just with the earthquakes that we experienced this past week, we're really familiar with natural disasters and all the things that can kind of happen. But uh, our hearts really go out to, to uh, all, the, all the believers there and all the Christians there and all the people there in, in, in Mozambique. Um, Really feel like our heart's going out to those guys and our prayers with you, too. Um, I think when I was listening to Pastor Daniel, too, you know, we've been going through the book of Acts, and as he was sharing, it just really reminded me of some of the things that we read about in Acts. And when we look at the book of Acts, we see that the early church is just getting started, and you see all of the things that they're going through to get started and all the uh, obstacles that they're facing and when I hear about all the different churches that they planted, um, how many churches have you guys planted through Ark of Salvation? Almost 14. 14? 14? 4 0. 4 0. So they planted 40 churches uh, from, their, from their church. And uh, just seeing the, the gospel multiply and just seeing all the things that happened really remind me of the book of Acts. And so 
Um, I just wanted to spend just a little bit of time, and then we're going we're gonna to spend some time commissioning the YWAM team, but let's look at the book of Acts in chapter 15. And I'm just going to cover just a really brief section in Acts chapter 15. In Acts chapter 15, uh, Pastor Barry spoke on the beginning of it a little while ago. In Acts uh, verses 1 through 4, uh, Paul and Barnabas were in, in Antioch, and they were teaching, and there was dispute that kind of rose up. And the dispute was over whether the new Christians and the new believers, if they had to follow the Jewish customs. And one of the Jewish customs was getting circumcised. And so the Jewish believers felt like all the new believers, even the Gentiles, the non-Jews, they also needed to get circumcised. And so there was a big disagreement, and so much so that it couldn't get resolved. And so what they did was they went back to their home church in Jerusalem to try to get some resolution to this issue. So in verse 4, they came down to Jerusalem. They were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders to whom reported everything God had done through them. Verse 5, then some of the believers there in Jerusalem who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. Verse 6, the apostles and the elders, they met to consider this question. So all the leaders in the church in Jerusalem, they started to have a powwow and they started asking themselves about this question. Should the new Gentile believers who just became Christians, should they also need to get circumcised too? Verse 7, after much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the hearts, showed that he accepted them by the Holy Spirit uh, to them just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, who, why do you now try to test God by putting on their necks of the Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear. No, we believe that it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling the signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. And when they had finished, James spoke up, saying, Brothers, here, listen to me. Simon has described to us how God first intervened to choose the people for name from the Gentiles. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this, as is written, he's quoting from Amos, after this I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it, that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord, who does these things, that things known from long ago. It is my judgment, therefore, we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to, the, to, turning to God. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, sexual immorality, from meat strangled by animals, all the things that the Old Testament says we need to follow. But focus on these things, for the law of Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times, as we read, in the synagogues on every Sabbath. Okay, so during this time, we hear from two of the church leaders. We hear from Peter and from James. Okay, so they're saying that they're not, they don't want it to make it hard for the Gentiles, which as a Gentile, I appreciate, that as Gentiles, they're coming to the faith that they don't want to put all these additional requirements on them. They don't want to put any barriers for them to come and to believe. Now, it's interesting. I wanted to focus in on two, two different people as we look at this passage. The first one is actually in the very beginning of verse 5. 
Okay, so when Paul of Honors come, and they come to the, to the church in Jerusalem, look at who's in this early church in verse 5. It says, some of the believers in this first church in Jerusalem are, belong to the party of the Pharisees. Okay, and the reason this is significant is you have to remember that this is an ongoing story. Okay, so the author of this is, is Luke. He also wrote the book of Luke that's in the, uh, telling about Jesus and his life and his ministry. He's continuing that in the book of Acts. This is just a continuation of one long story. So if you look at what happens in the Gospels, you also see the Pharisees. You see this group. Look at what they talk about and Jesus says about the Pharisees in Matthew 23. Matthew 23, Jesus writes to the, to the Pharisees. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but on the inside you are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees! First clean the inside of the cup and the dish, then on the outside you'll also be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. Down to verse 33. Pharisees, you snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? This is the same people that we just read about in Acts 15, verse 5. This group, the Pharisees. Okay, look at what happened to the Pharisees. If you look at the same story that's happening, these are the Pharisees that Jesus gives this uh, kind of command and, and, and come, coming down on the Pharisees, we read in Matthew 23, 25. Now really, when you look at this description of the Pharisees, do you feel like these are people that are going to be coming to Christ that are really open to the gospel, open to Jesus, open to what he's sharing, open to about his death and resurrection? When you read this description, what do you think? In our human thinking, you would think, no way. When I look at this description about the Pharisees, I would say that there's no way these people could receive Christ. There's no way that these people are going to receive the gospel. There's no way that their hearts are even open to anything that Jesus would have to say in anything about the life of Jesus. What do we read about in Acts 15? The first church has a group of these Pharisees. What it speaks to me, and is really the Lord was speaking to me, is I think in our human eyes, we make judgments about what we see on the outside. And on the outside, some people seem totally close. And I could think about people in my own life where I feel like, honestly, I would never say this, but really in my heart, I was kind of given up hope. And I stopped praying for, and I don't really talk to them about the Lord. I think about some people in my own family, I think about a cousin of mine, who's really hostile to God, and whenever the subject comes up, is, always says negative things, and is really not open at all, and honestly, I just don't bring it up. I don't bring it up to that person. I think about another, another friend of mine, a lifelong friend. Uh, his wife kind of grew up in Catholic school, had a, not, a lot of negative experiences, and seemed very, very close to God. And when different things would come up, he said, how could Christians believe that? And, and how could Christians believe this? And hear different things from them. And I feel like her heart is so hard. But I really feel like the Lord speaking to me is like, who can we, who are we to be able to judge? Who are we to know who's going to receive? 
If you look at this, if you look at who's, who this uh, chapter and most of Acts is writing about is Paul. Who would think Paul is going to receive Christ? The one who's persecuting the church, the one who's killing Christians. Is that person going to receive Jesus and be a missionary for him? No way. In our human eyes and our human thinking, there's no way. And so I really felt like God really speaking to me and really convicting me, and I wanted to share with you too, are there people in your life that you feel the same way? Are there coworkers? Are there family members? Are there neighbors? Are there people that you feel like you look on the outside and they look totally closed? There's no way. They don't seem open to God at all. And I feel like when we see in Acts 15, 5, I just feel like when you see that, it just says, God can do anything. This is the power of the gospel. The gospel can transform anyone's life. There's no one exempt. The gospel is powerful enough to turn the most hated, the most people that are hating Christianity, hating God, most closed, most opposed, and turn them into the fiercest opponents, I mean, fiercest advocates for the Lord and to receive Jesus. And so I really feel like that when we think about the YWAM team going out and them going and uh, them sharing their faith, I really feel like when we see this story in Acts, it's really a, a source of encouragement to not just them, but to all of us. And so I wanted to uh, get some time right now to invite them up, and we're going to spend some time commissioning our team. So why don't we have uh, Jerry, all the leaders, all the kids, why don't you guys come on up? Can we have the elders come up too? Can I have the elders come on up? Why don't you stand on the steps right here? Okay, these are 25 of our brightest and best youth and adult leaders. And we as a church, we wanted to come beside them. We wanted to walk with them as we've been uh, getting ready for this trip. And I really felt like I wanted us to, to really send them off with our hearts and our prayers too. So um, what I want us to do is just to leave a time open. Um, if we could have, like the elders, if you wanted to, to pray. Um, we could do that. Okay. Okay, so we're just going to pause for a moment, and we're going to kind of seek the Lord, and we wanted to just lift up this team up to the Lord. As we're pausing our hearts and um, just kind of seeking the Lord on behalf of our YWAM team and our youth, we're actually going to give an opportunity for uh, just all of you guys to come up and to pray and to support them too. We're going to have the, after this prayer time right now, we're going to have the worship team come up right after. And then during that worship time, 
We're going to give opportunity for all of you guys, too, to come up and individually come and pray and support. Lord, we just thank you so much for just the heart of everyone here and just for the youth and the leaders. And Lord, we just come before you and just just praise you for what you're about to do and what you're going to do in the hearts and in the minds and the spirits and the souls of all these uh, people here today. It's a big group, and we just thank you for that, for the turnout and just for, Lord, what's going to happen with YWAM? I know it's a life-changing experience often, and just how you're going to speak to every one of them. I just look forward to hearing the stories um, that you're going to release uh, when they come back. And, Lord, we just bless them and uphold them and just send our, the angels out before them to, to surround them and just uh, unify them as a group. But let their eyes and ears be open to see you and to see what you are doing amongst the people in their lives and on all the people that they're going to touch, too. Just thank you, Jesus. I got the phrase, be strong and courageous. In Joshua 1.9, it says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So as you guys leave on your trip, remember that God is with you wherever you go. And he gives you the strength. He gives you the courage. So, God, we just pray for extra strength and extra courage for this team, for the leaders. We pray that the kids would be examples and leaders for the, the adults going with them, that their, that their courage, that their boldness, that their faith would be evident and be, uh, they'd come back with stories to share for all of us. Holy Spirit, we invite you on behalf of the team. We now invite you to come and anoint them, Lord. Would you stir in them? In Jesus' name, we say your spirits be stirred to stand. In Jesus' name, we say and affirm that you carry the Spirit of God. And the Lord says to you, not by might, not by power, not by your ability, not by your own strength, but the Lord says to you, by my spirit. And so, Lord, we pray that you would, each one who is going, that you would open up, get a, create a greater openness to your spirit. And that your spirit would stir through them in amazing ways that even they would be surprised at the things coming out of their mouth. They would be surprised at the thoughts going through their head. They would be surprised at the love that is stirred in their hearts for people, Lord. They would be surprised, Lord, by the boldness, God, that you stir in them for people that they might not not even normally approach, but that you would stir. So, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, bring fire, Lord. Bring passion. Bring overwhelming love, Lord. When they look on people, Lord, May they see them with your eyes, Lord, not with their human eyes, not with their human thinking, but may they see them with your spirit, Lord, and see, Lord, those that are broken, those that are hurting, those that are lost, those that are in need, and may their hearts be moved, Lord, moved beyond fear, moved beyond apprehension, Lord, moved beyond hesitancy, Lord, 
to do things that they may have never done before because your spirit is moving through them, Lord. And so, Lord, give each one of them an awesome encounter filling of your spirit and keep, Lord, unity among this group, Lord. May they have abundant grace and love for one another, Lord. So little things that might irritate them normally, Lord, or cause them to question, Lord, may you give them extra grace for one another, that they would be solid as one team together, Lord, working together for your purposes, Lord God. So we ask for your anointing upon them, your protection upon them, your covering upon them in every way, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord. We are proud of them, Lord, and we look forward to all the many, many, many testimonies that will be shared with us when they return. In Jesus' name. I got this verse for you guys because you are young and you can run. This is Hebrews 12, two, uh, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw ev- off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. My prayer for you guys is that you guys would run. You guys would run in this opportunity to serve and to be a blessing to other people, that you would run, that you would keep your eyes focused on Jesus, not on yourself, not looking at yourself and what you can do and what your faith has allowed and and all these different things, but that you would focus your eyes on Jesus and see what he can do because he is gone already. He has opened up doors. He is preparing people's hearts to hear the words that you are going to say, that the Holy Spirit has gone and prepared the area and the atmosphere and the surroundings, and that when you go, you are walking with the presence of the King. And so go, walk with that faith, walk with that confidence in going and speaking, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus and running the race, running the race as hard as you can run because he, the king, is there for you, he is with you, he's walking with you, and he will bless you as you step into these opportunities. Yeah, as you guys step into these opportunities, the word that I felt like the Lord wanted me to give to you is that to, for you guys to be yourselves, just be who you are, yes. the light that you are, the personalities that you have, just be yourselves, and the Lord will empower you in that. He will use you in who you are. Each individual member here brings something different. Each individual member here is a different person and will be able to touch somebody and reach somebody in their own way. So don't worry about how somebody else is reacting, how somebody else is preaching or doing or testimony. Just be yourself. And the Lord will use you in a mighty way because he has touched each of your lives 
And in that, he will empower you and give you the courage. When the time comes, you will feel it. Just be blessed. Yeah, so we want to just declare that you guys are more than enough. And you are more than enough just the way that God made you. You're more than, enough, more than enough because you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You have that power living in you. So I pray that you would, Lord, you would release faith. You would release courage. You would release a boldness that they've never even seen before in themselves. And they would have a witness to say that that was you and that was not them. So we pray that you would come and unify this group. I pray that each one would not feel like they're doing it alone, but they are partnering together. I pray that they would have strength. I pray also you would feel our love and our support and our prayers that we're with you, that we're walking with you every single moment from when, as soon as you get on in the airport and on that plane all the way till you land, that you're going to be with you, that we're going to be covered. You're going to be covered by the Lord and by us and by your church and your family and friends. So thank you, Lord. Thanks for this team. Thanks for what you have in store. We thank you in advance for all the ways that they're going to love on each other and love on the people that they get in contact with. And we want to give you praise and glory and honor and thanksgiving. In all of these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we want the worship team to come up. And like I said, if you wanted to come and to pray for people individually during the worship time, feel free to come up. Stay, stay here. Stay here. Stay here. Stay here. <laughs>